champions and scholars, welcome to the pre-launch episode of The Pride of Cairo. My name is Nephi, I am the co-director and co-producer of this wonderful, awesome audio drama. First and foremost, we got to give God all the praise for paving the way on this journey. Man, we couldn't have did it without him. So just giving all him the praise and it's just due. Shouts out to the cast. Shouts out to the behind the scenes crew for really helping bring this project to life. And this young lady right here, the brainchild, the mastermind, the writer. Uh, did I say creator? If I didn't, let me say it again. The creator of the product, Cairo from Limitless Works, Miss Eji Nai Kamal. Eji, how you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Um, how about yourself? Well, I'm excited. I'm great. We we in pre-launch time. So, but listen, let's just get right to it. As the fans would like to know, talk about the creative process behind the Pride of Cairo. Talk about where did all this come from? Um, The Pride of Cairo came about working late night shift at this job. And I was working on another story of mine. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my coworkers walked up to me and asked me what I was doing. And I told him, that, you know, I like to write fiction stories. And I told him a little bit about what I was writing about. And he said, wow, you should write a book about us. Where I worked at the time, it was a small set of us that built a family bond. And immediately I just said, cool. And I thought it would be fun, something for us to do overnight. It was slow. And so I tossed the page to a clean page. And basically I just came up with a storyline based off of the characteristics of the family network that was there. I really wanted to come up with a story and it was just like, well, at the time that I had written this, it was probably about 10 or more so years ago. And at that time, it wasn't a lot of rich characters on TV that had the world money at their disposal. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be like, well, if we take money out the equation and we allow them to be able to move how they move, exactly what would the issues be then? Because everybody seems to think that money is solves all problems and with money, then you should have no problems or no worries. Mm-hmm. And so we find out through the pride of Cairo that is far from the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create a story where what would be the issues if you had the world at your disposal? Hence, we had the powerful Cairo Carter, who comes from generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And then we have his five children who he didn't hand spoon his generational wealth to. Mm -hmm. They had to also become productive citizens of society. And that's his way of making sure that the generational wealth never ends, that Mm -hmm. it's always get passed down to um, generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So each of his five children then created their own lane in the world to make sure that the Carter name carried on and it was like well what issues do you have so then you have money or no money you have love issues you have family issues um you have self-esteem issues um relationship issues and so I just embodied all of the issues if you take money out the equation in the pride of Cairo. Mm -hmm. And so we just really seen how everything unraveled um, and how the family went about solving and going through everyday life issues, real relatable characters that people could see themselves in. 
Mm-hmm. You have Cairo who is stern and firm. You have Asia who was mild and meek. You have Brooklyn, the youngest sister who was sassy. Mm-hmm. You have London, the older sister who is witty. You have Kingston who is just the just in everything like uh, the troublemaker as a troublemaker so you have Quran who was the baby of the family and always gets pampered you have Kane the older brother who is the glue of the family keeps everything together calm level-headed um and then you know you add in some side characters and you have one explosive story yeah easy i gotta say i had a really good time in working with you one of the key points i like to point out is i really had a chance to really see you work with each individual voice actor to really bring the character out of them um we'll get to that a little later one of the things i do remember early on in this process is that we had to change the name because originally the book was called the carter family i know we was bouncing around some ideas so talk about that process um, so the Pride of Cairo came about because, yes, originally it was named um, the Carter family. For me, the Carter um, has always been like a strong name. And mm-hmm. so when we ran into legal issues that would come up in the future and we was like, you know, just to avoid all of that, let's just change it. And so originally we uh, was trying to change the last name of the family. I just really wanted to stick with that. So I said, well, let's let's just keep the last name. Let's change the title. And we was bouncing back and forth. And mm-hmm. so I really had to dig deep. And so the story is about the children of Cairo Carter. Mm-hmm. And so being under his rule of thumb. And so for me, sometimes people's pride is stronger than the love they have for the actual people around them. Mm-hmm. And so you put that aside and then you take the fact that these are his children, like his mm-hmm. cubs. And they're both, they're all, all five of them are like really leaders and headstrong in the path that they chose to create for themselves Mm -hmm. like lions and so what do you call a multitude of lions well that's a pride and then you have Cairo's pride and really we put it together and it became the pride of Cairo so it has a double meaning like yes we're gonna go through a story where Cairo's pride plays a huge factor in his children's lives Mm -hmm. and then we're showcasing a story of very strong leaders Mm -hmm. and so kings and queens and so it's the pride of Cairo yeah you know originally when you first gave it to me for those that don't know this was actually a book and when I first read it I was just completely blown away I was so impressed about the storyline I remember at the time when you gave it to me podcasting was like nowhere near where it is now now it's like everybody's coming out with a podcast these days but it was just on the rise it just starting to catch some traction i want to say like back in like around this time it was like it was like 2018 and so i remember coming and i was like easy we should bust this down and make it episodic because audio dramas really wasn't a thing back then and not to say that it wasn't out people still was doing it but it wasn't you know it was nowhere near where it is now once again so talk about how you was able to it's so quick i mean i'm i'm a it came to you on like a Monday and said brought this idea to you and then maybe like a Friday you was like yeah I got 
got it. What's next? And I was just so impressed. So just talk about your process and how you was able to bust that down so quick. Oh, man. So like you said, it was originally a book. So something personal about me, I'm a daydreamer. I like to create little stories in my head and sit. And that's sometimes my happy place. And so when you came to me and you said, hey, I need a script, it was like, okay, I gave you the options of some of the books that I already had written. And um, you said, you let's let's go with the Carter family. And so therefore, I had to really take in mind. So how do I tell, keep in mind that this it is no visual? This is all listening. So how do you how do you tell a story when you have no visual? And so therefore, I had to become really descriptive. I had to become a, a storyteller. Like when you're t- talking to your friend and you're telling your friend your story, and you want that friend to be able to envision everything that you're saying, you just have to get real descriptive. Mm-hmm. And so, well, how do I do that without being too lengthy? How do I do that with keeping the story interesting? And so that. That's when I came up with the concept of we're going to narrate the scene. We're going to set the scene, have the narrator set up the scene, do it as if they're telling a story and talking to their friend. And then we're going to set in between, we're going to set the dialogue in between. So we have that good momentum of like action and drama going on. And so with the story already being said, I just had to pick and choose what I wanted to go into the first episode Mm -hmm. and how I wanted to set it up and what I wanted to uh, release Mm -hmm. um, at that moment. And of course, we had to stretch it out a little bit because now this is a series. So now we, I had to really had to add to the book that was already written and stretch it out. But it was really, I just had to focus on telling that story in narrator form mm-hmm. and then keeping it, you know, the dialogue nice and juicy and entertaining. And so you have to jump into the actual character. Like if you take, for instance, Kingston, our troublemaker, you have to jump into the uh, the actual mindset of a troublemaker who doesn't see that he's always the one causing the trouble. Mm-hmm. And you want to embody the characteristics of that character, everything that they would do or say and how they would tell a story. Mm-hmm. And then you you and then you write your narration from there, mm-hmm. and then you write the dialogue. And by the time you know it, you have a whole scene that is is very visual when you're reading it or when you're hearing it. Correct. I mean, again, I was just just blown away by not only how fast you executed the task, but the, just the level of quality and how you did it. Like the quality didn't diminish because you broke it down in episodes. In fact, I think it enhanced it if anything one of the most biggest things for me was finding the right studio home to record you know the pride of cairo and i wanted you know i'm all about relationships and i wanted to formulate a long-lasting relationship because I knew this wasn't just going to be a one-off project. I knew that this was going to be seasons and years and all of these things. And that was real important to me. And I remember at the time I was shopping, I shopped three studios. And when I came to Patchwork here in Atlanta, Georgia, just the hospitality just was so awesome and it was cool. And I just didn't feel like a customer. But really what took me over the top is when I sat down and I was talking to Oz, shout out to Oz, and I was pitching him the project as to what we was doing. 
And yo, he was just so excited. And um, because it's not audio drama is not something that they do all the time. You know what I mean? So they do audio books, but just audio drama. It, it was just not your everyday ask. Um, I remember doing Zoom calls um, with them, the, the, you know, the engineers and just pitching what it was. And then they was just giving so much feedback into how to make the project more better, how to streamline the process, getting in there, getting in the studio. Because, you know, studios, man, you know, they all about the dollar. They don't care who, what, where, why, how. You come in at your time, you book, you in and out. But it takes a, a, a special group of individuals that, hey, look, we want you to craft out the best project in your allotted time. And uh, so shout out to Ah, uh, shout out to Luther, uh, shout out to Luke. Shout out to Vern, shout out to Evan. You know, those are some of the engineers that we worked with on this project to, and make the sound become crisp and everything. Um, but I know casting was really big as well. So talk about that casting process and, and, you know, the voice actors that we had auditioned to the characters that you had in mind for the story. Talk about that. That was a really fun process. I remember that like it was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. If we take it to the first day of casting, um, I think we nailed half of our cast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at casting, if we if we do uh, Cairo, somebody actually was supposed to audition uh -huh. for Cairo. That pretty much set to get the part. He just needed you know, to come and read, and then we made our final decision. However, Jeremiah came in and he was set to read for Cairo too. The person that originally, you know, we was dead set on giving a part to was a little late. He so late. Yeah. he was running late. So when Jeremiah read for Cairo, one take, we, I knew that was my Cairo. I mean, like the bass in his voice. <laughs> I mean, the feeling, the passion. I mean, from a, a dry read, it was, I mean, it was a cold read. Yeah, like yeah. first time he ever laid eyes on the script and you know he took a moment to read over it you know as we're setting up and we're getting ready and we're interviewing you know we're trying out other um castmates you know he's looking over the script and when he comes in and he reads the part for the cold read and it was just like whoa mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine cairo any i mean that's exactly how i pictured his voice <laughs> yeah. how he would say things yeah. like it's I, there was no coaching there's no coaching needed necessary like he nailed it and so even taking that into you know the studio he needed little direction mm -hmm. and i mean asia who plays Asia, who is his wife, she originally came to try out for Brooklyn. And, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm a little older and I don't know if we'll be able to do it. I'm like, we, try it out, you know? And so, you know, because at the moment we're like age is it's audio. Correct. So they're not going to be able to tell their age. Just try it out. She tried it out and it was like, okay, I don't know who suggested that she read for Asia. Yeah. It was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let's, let's hear you read for Asia. And we gave her some moments. We interviewed some other people. And when she came back and she read for the part of Asia, it was like, that's Asia. That's Asia. Again, like casting Cairo was like, that's the voice that I hear when I wrote Asia. 
Mm-hmm. That's her. Mm-hmm. And that's played by it, Courtney Jones. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Courtney nailed the part of Asia. She didn't need much directing. She just needed, okay, what's the what's the tone that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Once you give her the tone that we're looking for, you know, again, she nailed the part of Asia. Kingston, <laughs> we're looking for a fireball. And boy, did we find it in Kingston. Again, this is first day of casting. This is what he showed up to um, try out for. And he nailed the part. Gave us energy. Gave us uh, different... Gave us range. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're like, that's our Kingston. That's our Kingston. Frazier. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's our Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, even after, like I said, we casted like half of our members at the first tryout. And so we're just like, wow, we really, we have more to mm-hmm. cast. And, you know, Karan came on the... We originally had one person slated for Karan. We had to recast. And then when we got Zoe on board, and Zoe is like one of those people that's like, does this. He was able to do multiple people. And it sounded different. And it was so good. And we're like, Man, and I think what was so cool about it is Zoe came in on a second wave of the characters. Like we had the first wave, mm-hmm. even when we went to record, we still was down like several characters. Yeah, know? we was we was down half characters. Yeah. When we- recording it was just like you know i'm i'm a little overthink of panicky like what are we gonna do we have all of these <laughs> all of these episodes we're in a stu- we're actually in the studio correct we're recording and um we're down characters and you get so calm cool don't worry about it they're coming <laughs> i got it and so it's like what do you mean you got it we're here we know we we need it a man of your word uh just like you said by the time i think we went to second recording we had 98 percent of our characters our main characters yes, and yes, Joe who played Ron just fit right in and due to the fact that he does audio book reading the only thing that we had to work on him with is we need you in character we don't need you to (laughs) tell us the book Um, because he sounds like a professional audio book reader and it's like no no we need you to jump in the character. And he's like, oh. And then he would immediately jump in the character. And it's like, there you go. There's Karan. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. London. She came in on a second wave. And um, man, she just absolutely um, nailed it. That's out to Latoya Ransom, who's playing the character of London. Like, just amazingly. She's actually like the in-studio coach, right? And it's so good to have that camaraderie, whereas though you have somebody where everybody is like, oh, nah, I got to get my game right. And Latoya is like that person within the crew. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah. And she'll be and she'll be in the booth and she'll be like, nah, nah, you know you can do better than that. You got to do that over. Yeah, you got to do that over. You know like, what I mean? Let's do that over. Yeah. Like, you, you got to bring it. She's like, yeah. you got to bring it. I need a little bit more <laughs> from you. And I'm like, oh, Latoya, I think that's my, my line. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to bring it. I, you know, just uh, repeat what uh, you said. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, she's one, that's our one take Drake. Yeah. 
she's really amazing and she nailed the part of London. She again was one of the second wave and it it was just an honor and a pleasure to have her in there. She did add a lot to again e- even boost the morale and the energy in the studio booth, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Glad that decided to join the team. Also, I got to give a huge shout out to Singleton Newman for our second round of casting. She really assisted in bringing that home. So, shout out once again to Singleton Newman. Huge shout out to Siv Jones, my sister in radio, who's playing the part of Nefertiti Allen. She's a natural talent. And uh, when she came to read for Nefi, she just knocked it out the park. I'm so happy to have her on board. Uh, Taisha Shuford, who plays the part of Farrah, amazing voiceover actor. Truly did her thing. Yeah, she actually was the third wave. She actually was one of the characters. We're just like, who? Where is she? Where are we going to get? Like, we need her. You know, yeah. she did. Kingston, that's Kingston's storyline. Like, we need a Pharaoh. What's happening? Taisha actually happens to be, like, a longtime friend of mine. That's beautiful voice. Just a, a ball of, another ball of energy. And we're like, we need a ball of energy to match Kingston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, a match made, that's a match made in heaven. Like, that's, that's yeah. a match made in heaven. And, and one day I'm talking on the phone to her because at this point we're in the making and everything is super rap raps, but I'm talking on the phone to her and I, I'm, I'm listening to her, but I'm thinking about the podcast and it just pops in my head. Oh my gosh. Why, why did it take so long for me to think of this shit? You're perfect for the part. Right. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, like, and I just go in and I tell her what's going on. And she's like, well, what? took you so long oh my gosh like she's like i would love to we get her over the script we get her over the paperwork and she reads it and she's one of the people that came back and said you know this is absolutely amazing like this is so good um she's like i love my part because you know i kind of think like it's so me like a lot of things i'm like yeah yeah really Uh Um, and again just getting her and Kingston in the studio together it's just like chemistry like electricity it's just like ooh like the cast is really amazing shouts out to my brother Dwayne Bradshaw who's playing the part of Captain Chiba I happened to be in one of the recording sessions where Chiba in Asia was going back and forth and I just really liked the banter between those two it was like he knew what kind of what, what buttons to press with her and she also also knew what buttons to press with him so but i i'm not gonna get a whole scene away but uh shouts out to him he he really brought that character out raven noble who plays the part of brooklyn man you talk about spunky feisty spicy all wrapped up in one brooklyn is very sassy um, she represents young, hip in this storyline, fashion model. She's a socialite. So we really needed someone who had that it girl energy. Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn really did come through with that character and embodied that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took her a while. But when she did, she finally made Brooklyn her own. Mm-hmm. Like she, like it was as if they entwined together, mm-hmm. and they 
created this powerhouse of a character and I'm really just looking forward to the world for the world to meet Brooklyn Carter because uh, she did an amazing job. Oh, most definitely. There is no denying that. Also, shouts out to Nick Meyer who plays the part of Wes Hughes. Uh, love the interaction between Wes and London. I'm trying to give everybody props without giving away the story, but uh, Nick definitely brought Wes out, truly did his thing. My good brother DJ, who plays C4. To every story, you gotta have a villain. You gotta have somebody that's gonna add a little twist to the plot, for, for lack of better words. And um, C4 is definitely that character. So, shouts out to DJ for bringing C4 to life. And I tell you, me playing Kane was definitely a dope experience. Something that I will never forget. I was that for you because you have done um, hostings, um, DJing, you have done party events, um, you have some acting. Um, when we was growing up, we we were in various plays that aired on local cable. So how was that getting back into acting for you? Something into the part of Kane. Playing Kane was it was a beautiful time it was a beautiful experience because originally uh, i was not playing Kane, but in jumping in the role it really had a chance it brought back all of those skill sets that you had just mentioned so i could take a piece from here i could take a piece from there and apply it to this character uh what helps out even more is that i am the oldest sibling in real life so those characteristics really helped me to bring Kane to life and i think his storyline is just so cool it really is and throughout the story you know you see at times where his buttons are pressed you see where he has to get a little beside himself but for the most part i had fun i i, I really did moreover just really taking direction from you i understood being in that role seeing what the voice actors really go through when they are recording. You really have to take into account your breath control, your cadences, little nuances that really allow them to bring a character forward. So me stepping out of the producer's role and the director's role into the actual actor's role, now you're like on the field with your soldiers. So you get to see you on the battleground. And it was really good to be in that position. And I really, really have fun playing Kane. So had a blast started out as strangers we often mm -hmm. we often affectionately joke right and say man first day man i was nervous you know we i look at that first clip when everybody was in the studio and you know when you walk inside patchwork it's an aura it's a vibe that you get, yes like, yeah like okay like, this is real this, this is, real. is this is the real deal this is this is it's either now or never this yeah. is go time this ain't play play <laughs> so i i i saw where everybody was like nervous everybody was like but coming back for the second session, third session, and then implementing those weekly rehearsals, virtual rehearsals was so cool. It was good. And one of the things that we wanted to create was a winning culture because I believe you deal when you're dealing with a large group of people and when you're dealing with creatives, mm -hmm. you know, it's always good to have one band, one band, one sound. One yes. mind, one cohesive team. And so in order to do that, you have to build a winning culture. And to build a winning culture, you have to constantly invoke positive energy, positive vibes, good constructive criticism when it's needed, you yes. know, and build each other up. So when you build each other up, quite naturally, what's going to happen 
is that they're going to police themselves and be like, nah, I ain't like the way I read that. Nah, let me read that again. And I'll tell you, we, we had that with the cast and I was so happy to have had that even at the end of it. It was like, it, it was almost like a, like sad to see everybody leave at the very last day of recording. Like, oh, yes. Oh, it's over. <laughs> Shouts out to Pop Buchanan, creative extraordinaire. He definitely has a vision. His advice, his just everything much appreciated if you don't know who pop Buchanan is please get familiar shouts out to sober is dope please get familiar with that brother right there shouts out to fame plan b marketing on the visuals uh shouts out to my man ed a sound design extraordinaire i always have a one of my favorite sayings is that you know if you have a vision and your vision just involves you then your vision is not big enough but if your vision is big and it involves other people because you know it's just too gargantuan it's too big to handle yourself you want something you know you want something real big because it's much more bigger than you and i truly believe that that's god's work and we couldn't have done this project without him as i started off and just give him his praise because you know it, this just started off as a vision and he just opened so many doors to make this happen and we are truly grateful and just thankful you know a moment of gratitude truly at, at, at its highest peak eg this has been just a wonderful experience a new experience i thank you so much so shout out to you for coming up with the idea and allowing me to jump on board and express my creative side and show the world my writer skills my directing skills it was a learning curve just to be able to take the words off the page mm -hmm. and bring it to light mm -hmm. and kind of uh, inspire and bring the characters out of people who some of our characters have a background in acting and voiceovers and some of us this is the first time that they've ever done it like you've uh shared for you this is the first time that you've done it and so listening to it you you never know that Correct. um and so to get everybody on the same page and just in the same energy and to be able to take constructive criticism was a challenge but everybody wanted it just as much as the the producers the director the writer like the characters wanted it just as much Mm -hmm. And so they were willing to, they were very open and acceptive to that. Just tell us what you want and we'll get it right. Do I need to do it again? Sometimes they would autocorrect themselves. No, that wasn't right. Let me try it again. And it was a learning experience, but it was so beautiful and it was so magical. And the chemistry that was created, the bond that was created, we went in as strangers and we came out as a family. And I'm just so excited for the world to be able to see the work that we've done. Well, listen, we're we going to wrap this up. We didn't want to be before you all too long. We just wanted to formally open it up with the pre-launch episode to the world as everybody is anticipating a launch date, which is February the 3rd. Like I said in the intro, we're super excited. So, EG, we're going to exit stage left. Please, please, please make sure you go follow the Pride of Cairo at the Pride of Cairo on all platforms. So, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, 
TikTok, at The Pride of Cairo, all social media platforms. Go ahead and like the fan page. Whatever content is on there, share it. Let's make this happen. Let's build a community. Let's get this out there to the masses. On behalf of Cold Life Productions, on behalf of Limitless Work, I am Neef. This is ZG. We are out of here.